0: Welcome to another episode of Bank Statements, part of the Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka podcast series. My name is Jesse Homerding, and I am the producer of the Bank Statements podcast. If you're an avid listener, you may have noticed we have been on a two-month hiatus, and this is because our beloved host, Trent Meyer, took another opportunity outside of Federal Home Loan Bank. So today, I'm here to introduce the new host of Bank Statements, Susan Seville. Hey Susan, welcome! And will you tell us just a little bit about yourself?
1: Absolutely, thank you, Jesse. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to to host the podcast now. And and uh, I have been with Federal Home Loan Bank for a while. I've probably um, at one time or another met hopefully most of the listeners. But I've been with the bank for about 30 years. Um, I started out. A long, long time ago as the Colorado calling officer. So, and have done a variety of things at the uh, bank and uh, am now working with our sales team as the director of sales.
0: So happy to be here. Well, that's great, Susan. We're so happy to have you as the host. <laughs> Today, we're going to flip the script a little bit though, because you actually are the subject matter expert on this, um, topic. Um, So I'm going to kind of play host a little bit today, and then you're going to take the reins from here on out. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about the surge in liquidity, and more specifically, the influx of public unit funds on financial institution balance sheets, Uh, what what this means for our members, and how FHL Bank can help as part of the cooperative structure. Okay, to get things kicked off and set the stage, Susan, can you tell us a little bit about this unique liquidity environment we're in? Sure, yeah. You know, um, as
1: the sales team goes around and visits with our members, you know, uh, we hear so many stories about how flush with liquidity they all are. So um, I know that's no surprise to the listeners. I'm sure they're experiencing the same thing. And, you know, that's really due to all the COVID stimulus dollars um, that the government gave. And, you know, um, we all locked down a little during COVID and, and didn't uh, didn't spend as much. That's, I know, changing a little bit now, which is good for the economy. But those deposits, for the most part, are really sticky. And they have stayed on our members' balance sheets.
0: Yeah, that's I know that's all we've been hearing this past year. Um, And I know part of those deposits are public funds. So uh, can you comment on the trend in public deposits and what that means for our members? Yeah,
1: you know, um, public unit deposits, um, which is, you know, deposits that are from public entities like school districts, uh, cities, counties, et cetera. You know, um, those have had a huge increase because of all the stimulus monies, too. And we have a little data here uh, to share. Uh, since March of 2020, um, I believe that our, uh, that, excuse me, public unit deposits amongst our members alone have grown $5.8 billion, which is huge. Oh, my gosh. Which is huge. Um, and, uh, you know, that's actually an increase of, of twenty five. billion. I'm sorry, excuse me, 24%. And you know what's interesting is of that, the transaction accounts um have make up every bit of that increase, basically. There's a tiny, tiny little portion that is not transaction accounts, but but for the most part, it's all transaction accounts. And what's another point that's kind of interesting is that there was about 1 billion in non-transaction accounts account growth that happened during that period we talked about, but that's since gone away. So have stayed on balance sheets. I know we talked to we talked to our members and you know inevitably there's always a a discussion during the call about, gosh, do you, you know, know when when you feel like in your community things are going to change and some of this deposit deposits are going to start flowing off your balance sheet. And no one, no one knows. I, just like, you know, we don't know. And I think, uh, I think there's projections and things, um, but it's just, it's just hard to know. So you just have to figure out how to deal with it in the here and now.
0: I had no idea it was so substantial, the increase in public unit deposits. So that's interesting. So with all of this liquidity and specifically public funds, what, are the members doing with it since it's such a huge increase
1: well really they are doing the only thing they can do kind of is they're purchasing securities i mean you know the loan volume is not there like it typically is and so they have to take that cash and deploy it put it to work and it's about the only thing option they've got is to to build up that securities portfolio um, it's not a fun way to add yield to your balance sheet or get better yield on your, you know, get better um, profits from that cash because um, it's uh, the yields aren't great. So, but they're a better alternative to some of the other things that are out there.
0: Well, I think I've heard that before from some of our lending staff that that securities is where they've been going. Um, so it sounds like public funds are here to stay. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. And, of course, those have to be collateralized. So with the surge in securities, are we seeing members primarily use those for collateralization? What are they doing with that?
1: You know, anything that is over the FDIC limit um, has to be collateralized. So many, many of those public funds are. And so, yeah, um, a lot of members will um, utilize our letter of credit product, you know, in addition to that securities portfolio. So if you're a member that, or an institution that doesn't have a lot of pledgeable securities, because sometimes people choose to add securities that aren't, that aren't accepted by those um, public entities as far as a pledging instrument, or if you're somebody that really just does not want to deal with the hassle of pledging and releasing securities, keeping track of maturity dates and, and and all that like, and the market value Um yeah lots of work so if you're somebody that doesn't doesn't want to do that and if your public entity is somebody that doesn't really really that interested in that either letters of credit are a great great product
0: so that's interesting that you mentioned the letter of credit um what exactly is that product and how does it work the
1: letter of credit i think is is uh, really one of my favorite products in our product lineup it's so simple and easy to use and easy to understand and straightforward so The letter of credit is a way that you can secure those public unit deposits versus using your securities portfolio. And um, for our members, they just simply issue the letter of credit or ask us to issue the letter of credit on their behalf. And really, we have made um, it so easy. They simply go to members only, which you may know is the secure side of our website, uh, they log in to Members Only, and in Members Only, there is a, an application, a letter of credit application. Um, you fill one of those out for each one of the letters of credit that you want to have issued. Um, we do require you to assign a one-time agreement uh, called a letter of credit agreement, brilliantly named, uh, and, um, and once you sign that, if it was 10 years ago even or whatever, um, then that governs all your letters of credit. You don't have to do that paperwork again. Um, you can issue all the letters you would like. And so you just fill out the application and email it to, um, our lending desk. And the email address that you send those to is lending at FHLBTopeka.com. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice cause it's a super easy Adobe fillable form. So you just type it in, um, and uh, send it off uh, as an attachment to the email. It's really designed to be super easy for the member and hopefully stress-free.
0: I think there's a lot of things to love about this product, specifically how easy it is. <laughs> but you've been working here for so long, Susan, and you've seen this product kind of evolve. What is the one thing that you really love about this product?
1: Yeah, it's this product has come a long, long way uh, over the years. Um, what I really like about it right now is that the beneficiary, which is your depositor, uh, so the member's depositor, we we call it the beneficiary. I'm using, using some bank terminology there. Um, they will get a copy of the letter of credit via email as soon as it is issued. And we have a pretty fast turnaround on those. Um, assuming, you know, that you can, I mean... You can send it to us by three thirty, and we'll issue it same day. Um, but uh, I think you'll find that our our the practice of our turnarounds pretty quick. So, um, but I think you know that gives the beneficiary peace of mind, and that they know that their deposits are secured. I remember some some bankers telling me um, how they used to get it in the mail, and then they would walk it over across the street to the city you know, to say, hey, here's your copy. Did you get your copy? I got my copy today. So um, this is definitely improvement on that. Yeah, we've we've come a long way since faxing and mailing copies of them. So, but I know that um, the member also gets a copy of the letter credit as soon as it's issued. So as soon as you get your copy, then you know the beneficiary or your depositor has gotten theirs and everything's good to go. And it's, 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 it's uh. Nice, it's a nice new feature of that over the last couple of years
0: yeah i I think we've come a long way from faxing and e- mailing. that is for sure it's so super quick is can you tell us if there's any additional benefits for the member or our listeners in using letters of credit in this environment over the means of collateralization collateralization
1: in sure, yeah. <laughs> Over-collateralization, yes, big collateralization, yes. Big word. Collateralization. Yes, uh, yes I, you know, um, as, you, as people well know, this is a cooperative structure, you know, that, that, that members belong to. So our, our bank is owned, you know, by all of the people that are members. So everyone has a little piece of the action, so to speak. And because um, our letters of credit are supported by stock, Members get to share in the benefit of, of everyone that uses those letters of credit. So that adds to our bottom line. And how do we share that? Well, we share that through our very, very nice stock dividend right? Um, on Class B stock. So it is a win-win. Um, you use it, and it's kind of a big circle. You use it, and then you get the benefit. And then you use it, and you get the benefit. And what's really great is that you can see that when you get that dividend it kind of lowers your overall cost of using it um by a basis point maybe or two and so um that just gets kind of incorporated in there and then your
0: net cost is a little lower so so i think it's good that you made that point i i also know that just working with our lending staff on on members only that uh, there has been some improvements made just recently to this process do you have any more insight on that or want to talk about that a little bit yeah we
1: we have i I was super excited when we put this into play because it is just it's it's um I love things that I can do myself online like I love to be able to go into my mobile banking app for the bank that I bank with and, and move money or, you know, do things on there and not have to involve someone else in that. I like to be able to just do it at my leisure if it's nine o'clock at night or whatever. So um, our um, letter of credit system was enhanced and it's been in the last year or so, um, but we enhanced it in that we put more control in the members hands. And so what happens is now Um, You have two choices. You can do what we talked about first. You can log in, fill out an application, email it to lending, and they will handle everything for you, and it will be beautiful and seamless. You can also log into members only and fill out the form where basically you're issuing your own letter of credit. So you tell us exactly how you want that letter of credit, all the, you know, things, and it's much like filling out an application, sending it to lending, but when you press the button, then it goes into um, into our underwriting system and we check everything out. And then if it's all, all peachy, then that gets issued, gets signed by one of our officers, and the automated process kicks off and it kicks one out to you, kicks one out to your depositor. And it's just, I love it. And I know there are some members that just, have, have really taken to that and, and really use it quite a bit. So um, that's, we, but, you know, we are um, very hands-on customer service-wise and we totally invite you to do it the original way. We, we love that too because we love interacting with you as well. Um, so, and if we, you know, ever get one of those or, you know, we get uh, applications from members at the email, we have a question for you or something's not quite clear We want your letter of credit to be exactly the way you want it to be. So if you forgot to fill out a blank, if you, um, we feel like you misspelled something or the email address you provided doesn't match up with the one we've had in our system, we will call you and uh, make sure that we've got it exactly right. So, And I think that that's one of the things that I really like about working for the Federal Home Loan Bank is that we are very... um, friendly, and we are customer services, you know, high customer service, just kind of the norm here. And that's just kind of part of what we do.
0: Susan, I want to thank you for kind of being in the hot seat today, even though you are the new host and... Being our subject matter expert on this, you definitely uh, had a lot of good information to share, and I appreciate it. Um, I'm happy to hand the reins over to you, though. Um, As a host privilege, I'm going to let you take us out. I just want to remind everybody, though, that we do have a webinar on our website. It's at fhlbtopeka.com backslash letters, and that's very recent. So if the podcast isn't enough and you want some more information, we have some of our friendly lending officers, Michael and Derek, who will share some more information with you if you need some more visual uh, guides. So thanks a lot. I've really enjoyed this. But Susan, I'm going to let you take us out.
1: And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in to another episode of Bank Statements. And as always, if you have any suggestions for future topics please reach out and let us know. We're always happy to hear from you and we want to make sure we're delivering content that you would like to hear. So thank you again and until next time. The Bank Statements podcast is brought to you by the Federal Home Loan Bank of Topeka and our members, the community financial institutions in Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. To learn more about our cooperative and get the most out of your membership, reach out to your regional account manager or friendly lending staff at 800-809-2733.